What if you took the best parts of Total Recall, Back to the Future, The Terminator, and Star Trek Four, and then put those parts aside and then took <laughs> the bad parts that suck and made a movie out of that? You'd get a 1997's Portland-filmed Total Reality. In a world, in a year, in a time, in a city, in a war that isn't his. Every day in New York City, on the Miami Police Force, in the Deep South, in Portland, Oregon. <laughs> That's what I do for a living. I issue permits to people needing electricity. <laughs> We're going to go right there, aren't we? Hello and welcome to another episode of Portland at the Movies. I am one of your hosts, Todd Workoven, and I am here with uh, Mark Middleton. How are you, Mark? I'm really well. And I am also here with uh, Brian Kidd, the Unipiper. How are you today, Brian? Doing great. I just watched Total Reality. Of course, yes. And uh, <laughs> and I did kind of front load it with my with my favorite quote from the movie, which was uh, the one we just played. <laughs> I'm glad it wasn't the same as my favorite quote. Okay, good. Yeah, so we'll have some surprises coming down the road. Uh, well, this movie is a follow-up to, um, not a follow-up, I guess, but it's made, made by the same uh, guy who, on this movie, also wrote, produced, directed, and he did something else. Oh, the story and the screenplay by was this guy named Philip J. Roth. And he uh, also did that for our last movie that we, we, we reviewed, which was uh, Fatal Revenge. Um, and this movie came out in 1997. And I, I did we confirm that this was made for sci-fi or it just ended it? Because I know the director has gone on to make a lot of... Uh, uh, movies for the sci-fi channel no, and I, I didn't know I think this was just a directive video okay yeah. okay um, so we'll get um, I'll, I'll hand it over to you Brian to kind of give uh, give kind of a, a what the story is about and we'll just kind of dig we'll just kind of dig right in yeah in a nutshell um, total reality is takes place 200 years in the future <laughs> and there in the future earth has been but uh, also 1998 Mm-hmm. We get to 1998, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, but when it starts, the Earth has been the population of Earth has been annihilated, and everyone who is still alive is uh, on uh, spaceships. And there are two factions. There is the controlling party uh, called the Bridgists. Bridgists, uh, and they are a uh, military, political party, fascist, dictating, culty, um, running all of surviving humanity uh, and they are chasing the rebels um, which are the uh, free spirit uh, freedom loving uh, fighters who are, are fighting for for freedom and all of those good values that uh, we've forgotten about anyways uh, so what happens is um, two of the rebels escape in a time ship and they travel to 1998 to Portland Oregon <laughs> right where the person who started the Bridgest movement uh, was from, uh, and he lived in Portland in 1998, they're going to travel in time uh, to kill him to prevent the rise of the Bridgest and hopefully um, save the population of Earth. Now, that in and of itself is plenty for a plot to a movie. But no, the, <laughs> what really happens is we also send a group of the Bridgest back in time oh but is it a ragtag group it is a ragtag group on a suicide mission there we go so we have uh four four people from the bridges who are all um uh criminals and they've been uh imprisoned by the bridges because of uh, crimes they've committed but they all have a military background and it is their mission to stop the rebels from killing uh john bridges um because they want to preserve their totalitarian way of life um, 
and it's hard to figure out who to root for. <laughs> yes. Because you have the people who are trying to save the population of Earth and save Earth, and then you have the the people who are trying to stop them from doing that. And it's it's like killing the person who was sent back to kill Hitler. Right. Is basically yes. the plot of this movie. And our heroes Precisely. want to kill Hitler. And our heroes want to kill the person who is sent back to kill Hitler. <laughs> so who do you exactly. root for? I didn't realize that, that until like three quarters of the way through the movie. And I'm like, oh. what are what is their plan if they're... Right. So it's set up where you're going to root for the people who are trying to stop the person from killing Hitler. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, but, and, do you root for them? They're, the, they're your main characters. Uh yeah, so this movie, I think the first thing that the first thing that that struck me was that it was not it was not near the B movie that uh, our last movie, Fatal Revenge, was, which was obviously a shoestring budget. This was like a legitimate. There was like I thought the space battles, I thought they were legitimately good. They, I thought they looked great. They were on the level of something like Babylon Five. Yeah, and this was nineteen ninety seven. Yeah, so yeah, uh, there was a couple. Or... I mean, there's a there's a lot of bad bad special effects but i thought they must have poured all of their money into those into the space shots because into they were the space good. shots and the explosions like <laughs> it, just like you uh, could... fatal revenge uh this movie had ridiculous with explosions. all of shrapnel you, coming at you, you. Could easily tell it was a philip roth joint yeah <laughs> that's his signature signature <laughs> uh and then you see that explosion from like five different angles yeah it's it's repeated it's looped it's it, uh, with it's people in the cast mad. legitimately <laughs> fleeing in terror for their lives <laughs> yeah there's no acting going okay on. <laughs> let's talk about that okay. explosion there's one in there and you know it's the uh, just like uh Fatal Revenge, it is a house blowing up again. And did you notice that when the people are like, you, you, whenever there's an explosion, you usually see people fly through the air. In this case, the people were so close to the explosion, the lady's coat actually catches on fire. <sighs> I didn't see that. Oh, I oh didn't see it catch but, on fire. But they, but they are leaping from a balcony, Her. a legitimate second story balcony without wires are like there's no special effects to them jumping off and of, she is yeah. making a face uh Catherine is that her name Kate or, or Kathy, Kathy Kathy she is making a face in the in the house not the one where they jump off the balcony but they're when they're running across the lawn that her face just looks terrified for her life but yeah that is a total signature of this guy is and they were really they were really good explosions. I felt really, oh, yeah. really scared and really, really invested in them. You get the low angle and you see pieces of the house coming towards the camera. Yeah, and yeah. it's just, again, this was a real building that they had to find. I wonder if it was another uh, another abandoned one. That tax they got right off. <laughs> had to, totally. I was thinking while we were watching, when I was watching this, uh, you know, much like... Uh, uh, when we watched Fatal Revenge, it was uh, in German. I, w I, I was thinking if we could somehow pay to have this movie translated into German. <laughs> into German. We'll give it to the guy who's translating uh, Fatal Revenge from German, and we'll give this one to, <laughs> to, to translate in into German. German. But then I found it on Amazon.de. It's already on what? DVD, and you can really you can get it in German. He's he's huge in Germany, as uh, Norm MacDonald <laughs> used to say. <laughs> no, I. Overall, I was thoroughly entertained with this movie, maybe more so than any other movie we've watched on this show. Like, How do you yep. put it on the Fatal Revenge scale? Well, like, did you enjoy it more or less? It, it depends what you're watching it for. It yep. was this is much more of a coherent movie. Yep. It actually has some interesting plot ideas. 
Um, <laughs> yeah, that, yes, that, it does. I don't. I can't say they were original, but it took so many pieces of so many different movies that you hadn't seen them all in one movie before. <laughs> <laughs> there was. Uh, you mentioned them in your intro, Todd. Um, yeah, the Terminator, Back to the Future. Let's dissect that a little okay. bit more. Um, Back to the Future, like the scene when um, our team is getting ready to the the uh, the Hitler killers, we'll call them. <laughs> yeah, okay, good. They're getting ready to travel back in time to stop uh, the assassination of Hitler. In this case, uh, John Bridges. Um, but one of the crew members says to the other, like, or they have they have that uh, tag, and they're like, "This is the list of all of the stock prices." Yeah, they were totally doing the Biff. Yeah. I wrote that down. Yeah. I'm like, "Oh, he's totally doing the Biff Tannen." Where yeah. he's gonna go back and, and, and bet the pools, and they never mention that again. Well, like, because they step in because their plan was to stay there, and that's when the captain guy's like, "And if any of you guys are thinking of staying here, we put this implant in your neck so that you know you'll die if you don't come back." And so then they're like, "Oh, shucks," or whatever they did. I, I got confused because the main um, assassin. Uh, whose name was uh, Rand. Rand. Played, the played, main character, yeah, yes, Rand. Played by David Bradley, uh, American Ninja. American Ninja. <laughs> <laughs> if you've seen any of those films, uh, American Ninja 3 through 5, <laughs> this is the same star, David Bradley. Who is, in this movie, conservatively 45 years old, I would say. It was the next to last film in his career. Okay. Yeah, yeah, he so. is not a young man, as evidenced by the super slow motion and painful-looking roll over the pool table in the quote-unquote action scene coming up. <laughs> but he he rolls as if he is made of lead, <laughs> and then they play it in slow motion, so it just looks like a sad old man who fell over on the table as people were shooting at him. But he also uh, has this scene where he has like a necklace that his father gave him and it looks very similar to like the stock prices chip. <laughs> so later in the movie when he's giving this necklace to a girl, he's like, I want you to have this. I'm like, I, I want you to have these stock prices. <laughs> That's funny. Well, and then they enter. So they introduce us to all those people by like as they're. <sighs> So they're all in jail and they all get pulled out to go on this special mission, this Suicide Squad mission, as you mentioned. Oh, yeah, that's another movie. Suicide Squad or uh, like the Dirty Dozen. Yeah. Um, you know, it's a suicide mission, essentially. Yeah. And they, they pull them out of their cells and they just read like a page of exposition about the characters, their backstory each of them. They probably they're not just... on trial or anything. They're just standing there. They probably, um, it's the backstory they gave to the actors to get in character. <laughs> I'm just going to read this. Now we know how they made all their choices. <laughs> um, so they do travel in times and, and uh, they are, whether you're looking at the assassins or the, the rebels, somebody is traveling in time to kill someone um, to prevent uh, the, the future. So, you know, right there is Terminator. Yeah. Um, and this movie came out in 97. When did Terminator 2 come out? 93. Two or any three. three. So, you know, by the time they got the script together and the money together, I'm sure this was in direct response to. Oh, sure, sure. To Terminator. Like a money grab. Yeah. But, sure. but by that point, people, Star Wars was coming out and the special editions had come out. So they, my thought is that they, they wanted to cash in on Terminator, but tastes were shifting more towards space at the time. So that makes they, sense. They wanted to make Terminator in space. That makes total sense. Yeah. I can see that. And I got some Star Trek four in there too, because they come to earth to the past, the late, uh, 
20th century. Oh, that's true. They don't say the whales are invent. <laughs> but they have, they're, they're with a lady companion of the time, um, much like Star Trek Four. Yeah, huh. and that's true. Yep. What else stood out to you in this movie? What stood out to me and what I was obsessed with is that one of the four um, Suicide Squad members, one of the four prisoners that they'd used to kill the Hitler killers, is a woman named Wind... Wind... Wingate? Wingate. Wingate. Yeah, that's right. And her hair is... And makeup. And makeup are ridiculous. She looks like a clown. (laughs) She looks like a clown. And her hair, the first time you see her, she has, I would say, maybe shoulder-length dark hair, has a huge bouffant hairdo that continues to change throughout the movie into different styles, different amount of curls, different. And yeah, she looks like she was, uh, she left the auditions for hairspray and, and made time for this movie between auditions for hairspray. I know when that happened is when they all took a bath. It's when she had time to fix up. her. <laughs> oh hair. my gosh. Oh my gosh. So yes, this. Can I take a bath first? They look at so the, the, when the commanding officer, whoever that that guy is, um, not I wrote down not quite Matt Dillon because he looks like <laughs> Matt Dillon and he has this weird facial hair, but is telling the prisoners that they have to go, go on this mission and no matter what, and that's what they're doing. And our hero guy Rand, who again is five, conservatively fifty <clears throat> years old, stands up in front of him and they make this weird eye contact, and he goes. Can I take a bath first? Or you And then scene. <laughs> and then, then, yeah, then that's the end of the scene. It was so weird. Uh, everything he said was weird. He had some yeah. he had some other lines like that. that it's just like they really were catchphrases but from a different movie. <laughs> <laughs> and they had them laying around. Yeah. And... As you can imagine, this movie uh, did not rank well uh, on IMDb. It had a uh, 4.4. Oh, um, that's and a shame. I, I read all 15 user reviews today. <laughs> and the, the 15 people took time out of their lives. Well, I guess I would make fun of them, but here we are taking time out of our lives. <laughs> <laughs> Three of us at once. <laughs> um, the very few positive comments were said, but uh, overwhelmingly, if something positive was said about this movie, it was generally how how beautiful that woman was. Wingate. No. Yeah, it's like, oh, yeah. And she's very, very beautiful. Very wow. pretty. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that must have been. She was designed for a very specific audience. Maybe she was, but her clownish mid '90s makeup were were pretty amazing. Oh, and then they they did a, they did a couple bad movie tropes, and the very first one is right out of the gate where they have first they have the scene. So the the Hitler character in this movie is a self help self help guru, and. He writes this book or whatever that becomes the basis, basically kind of an Ayn Rand, the individual is the most important thing type book or whatever. And the first scene is him having a book reading, a book signing. They're in the middle of a gigantic... Of the Montgomery building. And is that the R2-D2 building? Yeah. Okay, that's by uh, Chinatown. No, no, no. no. Montgomery building out by... yeah, well, the, oh, Montgomery Park. The one of the big Montgomery letters Park. Okay. says exactly. Montgomery Park. Okay, that's the building they're in. Yeah. Okay, yep. so yeah, it's it's the big a big open space like in there, and they're all seated in all these people are sitting in chairs, and the authors yep. what you would presume to do, like doing a corporate reading or something. But then, as they're all wrapping up, and he says, um, "Oh, he gives some terrible, terrible platitude," but he goes, "Oh, the same same time next week." The, <laughs> 
I don't understand what what is happening. Why are they having a book club? And then they're all like having him sign his book, and they're doing this every week in the middle of a well, of an office well, we, building. We learn that he is a motivational speaker, right? That that kind of the core tenant of the of the of his leadership are creating these cell groups uh, that he that get referenced. Uh, right, he's my my third group or whatever, yeah, second stage or something. I don't like remember that. what the the name of the group that he. So this was one of the cell groups. Then. Yeah, and so uh, it did. Ha- Why are they it did meeting look- the lobby? Then? Oh, so do you think maybe he travels and sets up these groups, and so he was yeah. like, "You guys be here next week. I'm gonna it, go set up another one." Right. Yeah. It, it was very much like. Um, uh, cult following kind of uh, it wasn't authorship it wasn't about him being an author and celebrity of being an author I just thought it was a strange strange choice to do it in the open lobby of a giant totally and, a giant and what building. they were I think I, I I only am supporting this because I've seen uh, this type of guru follower followership oh, okay, okay. Uh, in uh, companies I've worked for in the past Uh <laughs> And were they responsible for the destruction of the earth? Uh, they, <laughs> if I hadn't have killed them, they might have. Uh, and and this happens. Like there are these these groups, uh, and you know the lo- locale was just a beautiful interior of a building. I don't think that that you know instead of where like it would actually be room. right, it would be in a conference room. But this was a big open space, and they rented the. Montgomery Park building and so they they because a later scene you know big section of the later scene takes place and they're like yeah hey we've got this place for a week let's let's use the heck right at the end of that scene he's uh talking and they're trying to set him up with uh give you some of the ideas of the the beliefs that he's expounding and he just has you can tell that what they were going for but they didn't really know how to write it and so he he literally says that one of our tenants is there are certain needs that outweigh the needs of others. Yes, the needs of the, <laughs> the leader out- or something. Yeah, <laughs> the, the way he, obviously it's like the needs of the many outweigh the needs uh, of the, the few, few. But the way he says it was just so awkward. They did um, a similar thing later yeah. with, and I don't know if it was on purpose or nobody caught it when they when they quoted um, "Hell hath no fury like a scorned woman." Well, like a scorned woman. They they said. I was like, do you, was that on purpose? And I don't know. And I'm like, how could no one? Have caught that quote. Hell hath no fury like a scorned woman. Or like if they were passing it off like they were the ones writing it. We'll just just switch it around. No one will ever know. I like to think the script was written correctly, but the actors just didn't care. (laughs) And the people filming it also probably realized they said it wrong and just nobody cared. (laughs) There were a few people. Cut. Yeah, there were a few people I I felt like cared in this movie, but there was a... I thought I thought Kathy was great. The main the main the she, lead the lead female character. I thought her was acting fantastic. was fantastic. Yeah, it was yeah. like a real actor. Yeah, I wonder if she, I didn't look to see if she was uh, local or if she was from somewhere else. But yeah, I thought she yeah. did a great for what she had to do. She did it in a very dignified and believable way, which I thought was pretty great. Right. Well, oh, so that's what I was saying. Is the it had a couple bad movie tropes, and that was after that opening scene of them having their little clan meeting or whatever it wasn't a clan meeting i guess it was a <laughs> it was something out their little their little guru their guru meeting they uh a bunch of a, a title 
not a title screen, but it just goes and it on screen text comes and is yep. read at you. It was weird that that did that was not the first thing that happened. Yeah, yet. so it happens that, and all of a sudden, I'll, and I'll play it here. There's a slam cut into two hundred years in the future. Earth and its colonies are controlled by a military political party known as the Bridgists. Their need for total control has led to the near elimination of personal freedom through the use of biotrack. So it goes on like that for like four pages. And <laughs> yes. she says so much at us to, yeah. to give us this exposition. And then the next thing I know is how, and I think it's because I was just finishing up dinner as the movie was starting and then they do the opening credits or whatever. And I swear that I looked up and they're like the first guy's name, whatever his name was. And I went to do something and came back like what felt like five minutes later. And they're still showing <laughs> credits, the cre- but the people's names, like, you know, like one screen at a time. With, and there were I counted there were 15 uh, credited actors up front before they did like the produce by or whatever. It just went on forever. And each one was a planet flyby CGI. <laughs> oh, oh, that's oh yeah. right. That did take forever. That was, it was, it was so impressive long. CGI. It was, and like I said, yeah, all of that space stuff I thought looked really, really good. The ships looked cool when they were flying by, and I almost feel like they stole it from some other movie. And it, just it could it be that it could. Like it that. just it was somebody's property that was just laying around from something. Else. It was like ILM's test footage of something else that they discarded. Yeah, and they picked up later. Um, another cliche that I picked up on in this movie is um, you see it all the time where there's shootouts and so many bullets get shot and no one ever gets hit, especially the good guys. You know, they'll yeah. just run straight into the gunfire. But it was to another level in it, this movie. It was as if I w- we're all sitting around a table that's maybe what three foot by three foot. It right. was as if we were shooting at each other with AK 47s and missing. Right. Like stormtrooper levels of. And then the missing. only person that gets hit is the the one character that they were hoping to kill off in that in that right. one little like uh that in the in the initial house explosion scene where Kathy had that annoying boyfriend guy that was with uh, like oh now we're breaking and entering oh that was her partner now, yeah it's like uh, 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 he's just whiny there and were then, so many thank god he got characters in this movie that scene mark i noticed uh so let's set this scene up um this is the first time that um the the hitler assassins and the uh suicide squad actually meet in 1998 earth yep um they converge on the house of john bridges because they think that that's where they're going to find him and kill him and movie end. Um, but, uh, oh, and then that's also, he, John Bridges ends up not being home, but uh, his ex-wife does go there um, because his ex-wife is looking for something in the house and that happens to be when uh, everyone converges there. But she is there with her business partner and he wants no part of this. And uh, so they're standing there and then the two sides meet and they start to have a shootout. And then uh, the first person that dies is her her partner who wanted no part of this. And he actually gets hit by both sides. They're just shooting bullets back and forth. And he's taking it from both <laughs> he was. sides. He was getting shot in the front and back, wasn't yes, he? Yes, yes. <laughs> Everybody hated that guy. That guy was a dick. They didn't, didn't like mention him, at all. him again. <laughs> oh what gosh, were they there so to funny. get? Did we ever learn that? I don't think so. She, she just said something personal I had right. to get. Do, do you guys remember when um, – so the bad guys in this movie, the quote-unquote bad guys, the Hitler killers who are 
inexplicably the bad. <laughs> well, they have German guys. accents. They have they, German so they accents. Did have, we yes. know they're bad. <laughs> and uh, not at all fake gray hair that they <laughs> spray painted onto that one guy. But they steal one of the ships and they go back. They go back first or whatever. This is before right. we meet the Suicide Squad. And there's like the the actual pilot of the starship that's there is like, you can't come in here or whatever and gets shot in the back and makes this tiny little <laughs> noise and the actor like does a great job of like falling and like making it all dramatic and they just added a <laughs> and I felt so bad for that poor guy right and his death scene of, <laughs> well you don't piss off Foley artists no I mean that's what happens and that was <laughs> that was immediately followed so, uh, they're trying to escape to go back in time and they blow they're in a ship that's inside of another ship and they blow a hole out the side of the other ship so that they can escape and and it creates a space vacuum and this guy who's just standing there gets sucked out the hole and then the ship turns and they start sh- they they are shooting the guy as he's being sucked out of they the hole. They shot him in midair as yeah. he's getting sucked into space. Even even the main guy that was the secondary bad guy and even the main bad guy did that. Oh my what in the world <laughs> are you, you doing? Do like he gave him a sideways glance like, "Dude, come on, dude. Calm down a little bit." And then somebody yelled Arcadian fire. Did you hear that? Uh, no. I think one of the ships, the other ships was called Arcadian because one guy just stands up and says Arcadian fire. And I was hoping that Arcadia fire would arcade like, fire. Sample that. <laughs> yeah. Or arcade fire would sample that somehow because it was pretty hilarious. That's funny. Uh, so right when they get to earth, so they, they go through the little time portal and they, they land on Mount hood somewhere in the snow. Elliot glacier, Elliot glacier. Oh yeah. They said that at the end, didn't they? Yeah. They, this movie had the had the balls to do a Reservoir Dogs. Yes, I wrote that walk. down too. I was a like, we can slow thank, motion. We can thank Quentin Tarantino for this scene. A slow motion walk of the four most absurd <laughs> characters, including the clown faced giant <laughs> bouffant haired woman, a conserva- yep. a man who's conservatively fifty five years old playing our action hero, a random minority that gets shot right away, and then the lunatic guy. But that was I laughed out loud. That's just another <laughs> one of those that things shot. that every movie was doing. Yeah, at I the guess time. that was 1997. And that yeah. was like the thing to do. Oh my gosh, that was so funny. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you noticed uh, when, when we were first introduced to Kathy and she uh, goes to work in her office. Did you notice how 90s that office was? No. Um, if you click on the link uh, in, in our document there that says 90s office, you can watch that 90s scene. Office, okay. Yeah. And. Uh, Let's point out uh, the 90s things that we see in this office. Uh, oh, look, there's a Dilbert doll. Oh, my gosh, you're right. Hey, Pat. And what's that sitting there on the desk? That is, in fact, a Dilophosaurus a Jurassic try. Park hologram. <sighs> I had one of those myself. Oh, my gosh, you're right. I totally didn't see that. That is funny. And they just do typical. I don't. Oh, I was going to say, I don't know what her job was, but that's a lie because that was the whole, the, what I started off the whole, um, the whole show with her shouting at him, what her real job was. What I you? issue permits to people needing electricity. <laughs> and she just, she's so busy. She has an assistant. That scene was amazing because it's like exactly what they needed at that moment. And she's just like, I issue permits for electricity. <laughs> yeah, so she walks him down. I'll back it up a little so you can hear this. So they're trying to figure out how to find because all of a sudden, like like you said at the beginning, if it wasn't if we didn't have enough plot already, we on top of this, 
add a politician in who the bad guy Hitler killers want to replicate? I I couldn't understand why. There's this whole thing about are they? So it. John <laughs> it just makes me tired. We need a name for okay. So so Hitler, John Bridges. Okay, yeah, yeah. He's not the one directly responsible for the rise of this movement. It's it's because of uh, the political influence he was able to create through that U.S. senator from Oregon. They said, um, and they call I think his name was Jerry. Yeah, something so, like that. So it's like two levels of bad guys that they needed to kill, but they didn't. The bad guys didn't actually want to kill the senator. They wanted to replicate, replicate his him. RNA or something so that they i think somehow because they all of the all the people going back in time did those two also have the implant the neck implants that would explode so because they were okay i there there were two different types of neck by the way if you were thinking that this movie didn't have neck implants that would explode it does (laughs) so apparently in the future everyone is born they give you a bio implant where they can track you it sounds like just a gps tracker yeah but then our suicide squad got special trackers that would uh explode in 40 hours but i thought the the hitler killers had that too because at one point um the crazy clown no. lady said they ripped him out they They're... ripped him out and the reason they ripped him out is because the suicide squad was tracking them right and so if they ripped him out then they wouldn't be able to track them but then they said well then they can't survive another week right and for whatever reason in the future these trackers <laughs> keep you alive and when you don't have the tracker in oh. then you slowly die and so that's why i thought they needed to somehow replicate the politicians so they could take over his, his body, body and that's... live forever that's as close as I could figure I out. I had no idea why the politician was part of the movie. Right. Why did it specifically have to be the politician? Yeah, I don't. And I then don't know. Okay. there were so many needless people because there's also <laughs> two FBI characters that don't really do anything. You mean Smith and Wesson? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> characters named Smith, <laughs> Officer Smith and Officer Wesson. Or Wesson. The movie even makes a joke I about know, that. I know, which and not even a good one. Just like, a oh, really? Like well, you named it. <laughs> it was at least a joker, yeah, or at least at least like uh, introduces them out of order. Here's Agent Wesson, and here's Agent <laughs> Smith, so that at least the audience has something to like do while everything else is being spoon fed. It. You know what that strikes me as that th- those were placeholder names in the script, and then they were just too lazy to fill them in. We'll we'll replace this with real names. <laughs> but this they, is terrible. These two names are terrible. What should we? Well, we'll just leave them in there. Just we'll fix that later. Oh, we didn't fix it later. That's uh, our movie now. Oh, okay. <laughs> they're seeing it during the screening. Uh, oh, 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 we didn't oh, that's change right. that. So yeah, they're trying to figure out. Um, uh, um, Catherine, Kate, Kathy, 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 and and main guy Rand are trying to figure out uh, how to find the two Hitler killers. Um, now that they've they've kidnapped the guy and want to do, and so they're this is how they suss out this replication thing. How do they do it? I don't know, it's some kind of a chemical reprocessing. They do it with energy. Energy, you mean electricity? Yeah. How much electricity? A lot. A hundred volts, a thousand volts, what? Thousands of volts. What are you getting at? If somebody's using more than a hundred volts, they need a special permit, (laughs) a special hookup. Go on. Here it comes. That's what I do for a living. I issue permits to people needing electricity. I mean... (laughs) If you you need more than a hundred (laughs) volts... If you look up the term deus ex machina when it comes to like screenwriting and stuff, like that is crazy. I like how they also thought that the bad guys would have applied for a permit with the city of Portland. <laughs> and we're going to need an electric permit here. We're going to be uh, doing some RNA regeneration in our secret lab. Well, 
they catch themselves on that one. They though. do. They do. Oh, they, that's they true. do say, you know, if they probably wouldn't do a <laughs> permit. And then, and then she checks the illegal file. And or so whatever. she goes to the the cyber cafe <laughs> and logs in to the city grid. The Portland uh, Cyber the, the Cafe. Portland, yeah, it, That's a thing, guys. In it, 1998, it, it, we apparently it did. had. Uh, I Gary. Oh yeah, we absolutely did. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we'll get to the cafe <laughs> and and Uncle Bo Peep. Um, but. Uh, <laughs> I, I was I lost, <laughs> lost it. in cyber talk. Uh, yeah, so she's able to to log into the Portland City Power Grid from this cyber cafe to see who's been to see using. who who's been using more than a hundred volts. Which, That's what I do for a living. <laughs> I issue permits for people Look, needing electricity. There's, there's only one spike in power here <laughs> at all. That's got to be, be our them. guy. That is the equivalent to the Jurassic Park. It's a Unix system. I know this. <laughs> yes. Can we talk uh, about uh, my favorite line in the movie now? Ooh, yeah. Yes. What's that? Uh, okay, so the, the setup is that um, we we need... The characters are now back in 1998, and we need to establish that they are, in fact, in the from the future, and things are different, and, yes. and they don't fit in well. And so they're, uh, they come up to a house... And uh, parked outside of the house is is a, a vehicle, and this is uh, our character's reaction. Okay. It's a Turk. It's a truck. Who's gonna up? That's another <laughs> terrible bad movie. Joe is doing. I, I didn't see. I didn't doing a little thing. They do it again when he's yelling. Do you have a dynographic processor? processor? <laughs> and. Oh, it's a, why of all things that and when they can't start the truck she pulls out her little oh clown face pulls out this little machine oh i can start this night this 1983 chevy chevy pickup with that my has, little computer that has no electronics it has in no it whatsoever <laughs> do you know what her little computer was no uh, not only did it look like a Star Trek tricorder, but it was <sighs> a Star Trek tricorder. It was a 1993 Playmates Star Trek The Next Generation <laughs> tricorder toy. And the reason I was able to identify that is because I recognized the belt clip and battery compartment on the back. And they added some little doodads and extra lights on the top. Oh, my gosh. That yeah. is amazing. It is totally amazing. Just spray painted. Oh, that is... <laughs> Fantastic. I used to have the, the Space 1999 little disc shooter guns. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, it those totally were is. awesome. Yeah. That uh, is... From from eBay. Oh, my gosh. Mark's showing a picture of the tricorder. <laughs> that is exactly what As started that 1983 Chevy. Uh, yeah, and they wander up to that. How's this when they first get to Earth and they're, they're poking around and they see the Turk? And then they also... There's this empty, beautiful empty log cabin that they continually access through the movie that no one's ever home at and right. is ever locked. It's one of those public forest service cabins. <laughs> yes, mm-hmm. giant, beautiful On home. the side of Mount Hood. Uh, um, okay, so speaking of the Dynographic Processor, <laughs> yes. Um, if you click the link that says what is going on in this scene, um, can, this is during that scene when they are using Kathy's Dynographic Processor. Okay, so this is a legitimate... <laughs> I just want to, if you could tell me what is in the mouth of uh, our character when that first pops up. Okay. We're uh, part of a military operation. The two men in that house were our targets. Did you see that? I what? did. I'm going to play it again here. 
Hold on. Just just click the link and hit pause. That is a dog bone. That is that, a like dog a bone. dog treat bone. That's like a yeah, a dog treat. What bone. in the world? He is oh, sitting. He's sitting at the. De- he's hacking or whatever he's doing. He's hacking. And he's chewing like he's one crazy. of the big bone dog treats. Yep, in his mouth. It's like well, that doesn't make bone. any sense at it's all. It's like a dog <laughs> chew toy. Well, milk he, he is. He's sitting there. That reminds me. He's wearing all the people from the on the Suicide Squad are wearing like um, dark green, force green like vests, like the Marty McFly vest or whatever, and they have got black jumpsuit on underneath. And at one point before they go into a bar. They're pulling up in this car, so um, the fifty, the guy who's fifty-five years old is is there, and they're going to go into the bar. And Catherine stops them and says, "You can't go into the bar like that. He's just wearing a green vest. I mean, there was nothing like he wasn't at future stuff. It was like a dark green vest. And he's in like Oregon. Oh yeah. And then she gives him other clothes uh, yeah, to put on that look just the same. There's just not a whole lot of different. You can't go in there like that with your dark green vest." That that's a a uh, a fail between the script writer and <laughs> he forgot to note and costume. And costume. <laughs> P.S. They should be wearing something crazy. Future. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I thought that was hilarious. You can't go in there like that. Uh, and then we met that horrible Marlena woman. What? Which is that the Marlo or the Marlo, <laughs> the Marlo <laughs> woman? I'm sorry, was that Freudian? Yes. The woman Marla, who was uh, in the bar, the, like one of the friends of the Guru writer that they met in the bar to try to find the to find oh. him, and it was her and yeah. who were who was that guy? Just a, another friend? They just met those two oh. random people in the bar. It was yeah. somebody that was supposed to know the location. Brian of John Bridges. Brian. 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 Yeah. Brian. Brian and Marla. I first thought Marla was also the same lady in the in the futurescape um, cult thing that that the clown faced woman ends up at. You know, even though you split up with John, you can still learn learn a lot from his teachings. And and just like she was, where's where's Brian? Oh, <laughs> like, yeah, she was horrible. I forget if she's died. No, the guy, the annoying coworker of hers, died. Like we said, yeah, on the front. But and then back. Brian showed up, and he's like. Yeah, I missed you. I really, really missed you. And like, wh- what? Why? Why? It's so gross. Yeah, and then they have. That's where they have the the shootout in the pool hall or whatever, where he tries to do the cool action roll over the pool table and just sort of leans and tips. So. Sp- Speaking of shootouts, did you notice in the beginning of the movie when they were in space and their guns would make laser sounds? And I, I couldn't really tell if they were supposed to be real guns or laser guns. I think there was a mix. I think there were laser guns, but also AK-47s left over from this shooting totally. Rambo. There was totally, totally a mix uh, because when uh, uh, J- Jerry, Michael Jerry, the um, the congressman... Gets oh, yeah, yeah. stopped on the road, so his assistant gets out of the car, and they shoot her with a bullet. They take the same gun over to him, and they shoot and they him with a laser. Him, or yeah, stun, yeah, and, and so like electric stun gun. Yeah, I it, kind of it, yeah, it looked like they had some two hundred years in the future. They're still using 
using AK 47s. Yep. But the sound, yeah, the sound for those lasers was terrible. And then it seemed, it seemed by the end of the movie, they just completely didn't care. <laughs> They're just like, just guns. <laughs> yeah. They didn't want to have to foley in all of the laser, individual laser shots. Right. <laughs> if they didn't have to. There was a really nice shot of um, the paper mill in this. Yes. Right before they did their walk and talk on the, oh, really? on the, there's a quick, there's maybe a three or four second shot of it before they're, they're walking down the uh, railroad tracks. And Where they saw the exposition. the railroad yes, tracks. Yes, they fade in for some reason because it's arty. That. Yeah, they do this this really long walk and talk where they give us a lot of exposition. And that's basically when they said the whole theme of this movie to to come back and kill this uh, this self-help guru who wrote this book, who then was taken by a politician and turned back. The whole message was books are evil, like books and ideas need to be stopped. They are coming from the future. The Suicide Squad are coming from the future to stop Hitler killers. And their reason is because ideas and books are bad. Well, Hitler did write (laughs) Mein Kampf. (laughs) But yeah, I just thought that was the craziest thing to like spend time on letting us know that like it just seemed like a very strange message with all of this fascist undertone stuff that their message was we need to stop this man from writing a book the the message of this movie was i i couldn't figure (laughs) out what it was exactly (laughs) that wasn't your job there was a great moment when they were having a shootout in the uh, in i think that same lobby that they had the book club in and a guy fell off the balcony and he said whoa (laughs) (laughs) like as he was plummeting to his death (laughs) <laughs> that was at the uh, Don Campbell Hall of uh, Montgomery Mo- Park. Montgomery Park, yeah. <laughs> it was so clearly labeled. Um, other Portland locations that we saw was um, the big hot. There was the the final thing at the Hawthorne on the on the bridge. Yes, on the Hawthorne Bridge, right? That was yep. like probably explosion five or six. Yep. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That was a fairly big one, and they jumped off. Two people jumped two off people the bridge too. Actually, jumped off the yeah. Hawthorne Bridge. Like, they had two cameras yeah. set up to catch it. I was really impressed by that. Yeah. Well, and when they had the scene, so they jump off, there's an uh, blah, blah, blah. There's an explosion on the bridge and two people fire directly at each other. And only one of them gets hit. Like we were saying. <laughs> yep. So they jump off the bridge. Um, then there's the scene of them, you know, crawling out of the bridge so they can the steal. The next morning. Is it there? Well, yeah, I guess it's light all of it's, a sudden. It's light all but of a sudden. You so can, they've been yeah, swimming in the all river all night. all night. But you can see when they're getting out, you can see their breath like in real life. Oh, yeah. That must have been so cold <laughs> for those poor act. And it wasn't stunt people. It was them crawling Ooh. out of the river yeah. some icy September morn. <laughs> well, it's a good thing that they uh, crawled out the river on Mount Hood and immediately <laughs> went into a cabin where they could light a fire and get warm together. Oh, right. And he'll just rub her warm. Yeah. And he was still soaking wet. And it's that's it's the same house from the beginning that yeah, apparently nobody lives one. at with the Turk. I'm just gonna cuddle up to you in my with warm clothing. And I I wrote down. I'm like, there is no way that fireplace started with just that one match because he like did the one little Nicky match and puts it in there, and all of a sudden, yeah, like this big roaring fire in an abandoned house. I gave that one a pass because I figured it could be a gas. It could be a gas one. That's true. But the just the explosion on the Hawthorne Bridge. I'm looking at it right now. I got a screen grab and. It, you know how it, the Hawthorne Bridge kind of has those humps to it? Yeah. That explosion fills up almost an entire length of one of those spans of the bridge. Wow. Like, I, what kind of permitting? I'm, I'm guessing they did not tell exactly what they were going to be doing on the bridge. Uh, They'll just be like, some we're gonna be, pyro. We're going to be filming on the right, bridge. Right, right, right. Well, 
uh, and I'm going frame to frame by with the uh, the house explosion in the beginning. <laughs> to in see the beginning. how many people died. It, it, it <laughs> the the most impressive part of this movie is to me is the explosions without without yeah. exception. Yeah. Uh, the the house explosion includes the the roof. Oh my gosh. Yeah, you're playing that slow motion. Fantastic! It that is glorious. It's kind of an octagon-shaped part of the house. We're gonna make a GIF and put this on the website. Oh, that's a good idea. We should make a GIF. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> it's Jeff, the cre- the creator of the format. We'll start. GIF. We'll start our uh, another podcast. We'll be our third <laughs> podcast just to talk about GIF versus GIF. Uh, yeah, I would say uh, the, the explosions is be by far. I mean, they're because they're so tactile and dangerous looking because they are legitimately dangerous looking and dangerous. All of that, the house just coming right just towards the camera. filled with balsa wood to shoot right out of the camera. Wow. <laughs> so great. I am really, really sorry that this is the, uh, at least to my knowledge, the only other film that uh, Philip Roth made in in Portland, Portland. Yeah. because he's made we're talking did we talk about this on the show or not uh, he's made a lot of stuff and a lot of stuff specifically for uh, the sci-fi channel and I would say the leap so uh, Fatal Revenge was in 89 right and this was in 97 yeah I mean that is a considerable leap in in competency I would say in between the two movies sure because the other one is definitely you know very down and dirty very dumb I mean he he stored up like eight Years of propane <laughs> for this for this movie. Uh, we should really. I bet we could find someone to talk to that worked on this movie. Probably. Well, they had, I, yeah. I imagine some of the actors are here because a lot of them are listed on Leverage still. And Facebook. Anyone? Give us a heads up. Yeah. Let so us know. David Bradley, I found. Uh, I found his Facebook page, and I uh, requested a friend. Which one was David Bradley? <laughs> uh, the main, main character. Guy. Uh, Anthony oh, the American Ninja. Yeah. yeah. American oh, Ninja. he'll never. He'll never get back to us. Yeah. We'll see. No. That's funny. Maybe we could kickstart a sequel. Oh, there we go. So, well, another thing that happened on the bridge. So, uh, the bad guys drive up on a car. There's a gu- there's a gunfight between Rand and and the main bad guy, Cap- right. Captain Greyhair. Captain Greyhair gets shot. One of the bullets makes the car explode. Blah blah blah. Then the two FBI. Then Smith and Wesson get the, on the scene right and the dead body the the bad guy is laying on the bridge and then disappears like in a little fiery not like a fire but like in a space spew type thing right and then our main character rand at the end at the end like wanders out into the like an old cat wanders into the forest to die and then incinerates. our main character yeah and does sort of like this yoga e i'm on my knees position and the same thing happens. He like, like turns into fire. Yeah, what is understand. happening? Are they dying? Are they being beamed back? We never see them again. And, and the so, two Smith and Wesson, as this body disappears in front of them, they're like, huh, did you see did that? Did you see that? Did you, okay. First of all, why were they the first on the scene? How did they get the tip? They're in, they're, they're investigators. The, <laughs> they're they're detectives. National FBI. They don't they're not listening to the police scanner. I guess <laughs> right. Ready to jump in. But the they police were weren't there yet. <laughs> the gun battle was still it, happening and, when they showed up. You know, and I cross the Hawthorne Bridge all the time. Not another vehicle <laughs> was on the Hawthorne Bridge that entire time. Just which walked up implausible. from Tom McCall Park, and so then the next vehicle is Smith and Wesson. 
Uh, it seems they were having a churro at the waterfront <laughs> when they uh-huh. saw. But yeah, the the body disappears, and they're like, "Huh? Did you see that?" Yeah, and that's I, it. That's all. I mean, their lives have just changed in seeing that. Like nothing is the same anymore. People disappear, and they're like, they're just so non-flummoxed by it. Uh, um. Oh, there was a fun Portland moment when uh, every time we got to see a news reporter. Oh yeah, yeah. Was yeah. was, that, was she an actual news reporter? This this one, I don't I couldn't find her. Yeah, I don't think so. But uh, it, it was kind of funny because their microphone says uh, like Oregon Twelve. Yeah, which uh, was not Fox Twelve. Um, it's just a generic Oregon Twelve. Okay, that's but I, I love that they put her in a uh, Columbia jacket to like give it <laughs> authenticity. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> one of those deft touches Paula that this Smith. movie is uh, is known for. And did you notice when they um, were, were doing the uh, electricity hacking, the little cartoon graphic that popped up on the yep. computer screen? Poor, I, the I little, did see that. Yeah. yeah. Ill, it, it flashed illegal, Ill, illegal power, power drain, drain oh, yeah, 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 yeah. in Portland. It's That's another trope is like when when you get screens like that that just explicitly have a perfect warning for the thing that's happening now that was somehow designed <laughs> no in at right. some point. Well, we better put this we better put this warning in in case this illegal power drain ever happens. Yeah. Uh <laughs> illegal power drain. Um another trope that uh I caught in this movie is characters uh filling up dialogue and screen time just by repeating things previously said by other characters. <laughs> Do you, have, do you have an example? There's of an that? example, um, Todd. If you click the characters repeat things link, um, this is a really good one. We need to talk to John. We? Oh, this is Rand. So you two are looking for John? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's literally what I did. Should I keep playing? No, no. Okay, click the yeah. other one. There's another link with another example. A nuclear war with the Middle East. Nuclear war. <laughs> and then the bridges there, the it's like she didn't know what to say. Nuclear war. You're right. This movie is just full of that. It is. Like one-sided improv. <laughs> <laughs> where the other person never one-sided. never picks up the yes and. <laughs> they just keep repeating it. They're like, no, you have to give me more. I can't just work on that. What more do you say about this movie? I don't know. Like I said, I, I, I kind of wish there was... I don't know what to look forward to in life now that we've completed. <laughs> so did, you did like, did you enjoy watching this movie more than you enjoyed watching Fatal Revenge? I can't say I enjoyed it more, but I enjoyed it differently. Absolutely. Like Fatal Revenge, I was not watching that to be entertained by a movie. It was just a collection of scenes and bad <laughs> acting that together were entertaining. And explosions. <laughs> this, on some sort of bad movie level, was entertaining to me as a movie. Interesting. Okay. Like it didn't necessarily all make sense, but I liked where it was going had some interesting ideas um and there were some scenes in portland it, it kind of seemed like a senior project uh, like a like a high school senior project uh, of okay we've we've spent this quarter talking about these 12 movies uh <laughs> now you make a movie <laughs> right and and so the dialogue is stilted and the you know continuity is weird and the the stuff but they had like a big propane budget and <laughs> and we need more things propane. that they had seen in other movies and they pieced it together not you know not elegantly perfectly but 
it, it's followable. Yeah. And you have a conclude like it has an arc. You know, unlike yes, yes. unlike breaking in, uh, <laughs> like this actually has development right. and conclusion. I d- I did have to say it. I don't know if it's good or bad. I think I I kept getting uh, wrapped up in the storyline enough that I kept forgetting it was filmed in Portland. Yeah. Like they would all of a sudden go back to, I was like, oh yes, yeah, this yes. is filmed in Portland. Yeah. I forgot about that. I had that experience too. And it would, it would be like these, it almost took me out of the movie to see them in Portland all yeah. of a sudden. I'm trying to think of, so the other locations that they had, um, they were, there was another one that was down on like, fur, not fur. Ankeny Square? Skidmore yeah. Fountain? Well, that one and then a little further down the uh, the Max track. I used to get my hair cut. You're talking there, about at nighttime? Yeah, there's one when they were, I think, leaving the bar. I, leaving the bar is what I'm thinking of, and I used to get yeah. my haircut on that corner, but I can't remember what it was. I think the old McCormick and Schmicks was there. I couldn't place it exactly where it was, but it kind of struck me as somewhere near like. Um, yeah, I thought best of all the the Skidmore Fountain scene was was looked great. I it did. Yeah. So and there was another like when the the um the car exploded, not the house, but there's another car that explodes, and they were up on a hill somewhere that overlooked. A lot of the area, but yeah, I wasn't yeah, yeah. sure which side of the, the city that was on. Um, <clears throat> I yeah, I saw that as well. It looked over to downtown, and from so the east somehow, or from the west. Like, for, was it from the West Hills or was it somewhere out? Like, you could by see the river. Uh, you could see the river. So it was from the east side, from okay. southeast somewhere. Okay, but I don't. I can't place where yeah. that would be, where it was kind of a slope. Yeah. And there's a couple cool, they did a uh, couple transition shots where it was like the freeways kind of sped up or like downtown traffic yep. kind of sped up. And I thought well, those looked really neat. Yeah. It, it definitely B roll. It things. definitely felt Portland. And, uh, you know, it wasn't as good as uh, the hunted level of uh, Portland. Right. But I'd, I'd say it But was... this was a gritty. Yeah. A did gritty... they ever mention Portland by name? They did. Well, I guess, yeah. Uh, the uh, The television anchor. Yep, and, they uh, did kind of yeah, incidentally, yeah. and I think on that on that yep. warning sign too, but yeah. it wasn't a big like we're in Portland right. type That's thing. Like, they didn't yep. keep coming back to it. Oh, they but... they did say uh, Burnside. It, oh, uh, oh when, they did. When they yeah, were that's driving, right. Yeah, they were like, oh, our next project Burnside. site is on Burnside. Yeah, you're going the wrong way. Well, yeah. I can drop you off right here. Oh, that's right. That little guy was so irritating. <laughs> going back to your uh, thing, Mark, you said it felt like a, a school project. It, it felt like that, and that the, the teacher told him, you know. Really good characters will have uh, quirky traits. Every character has to have their own quirky trait. <laughs> yes. And so they wrote in that uh, Rand's quirky trait was that he made uh, flowers out of tissue paper. Yeah, yes. <laughs> he is sitting in prison <laughs> making delicate little white paper roses. For and no, there was no and payoff. There, so is there that, wasn't a payoff? Well, was well beauty. <laughs> well beauty uh, was. Was that uh, a call to or a nod to um, um, City of Roses? <laughs> yes, and <laughs> I think we're yeah. giving it a little too more too much credit. But. No, no, City of Roses, <laughs> uh, uh, coupled with uh, the one that's having the remake uh, done with uh, Harrison Ford and the um, the Fugitive. Uh, no, the Sabrina. <laughs> no, there's a. <laughs> Remake coming. Witness? <laughs> Blade Runner? Uh, Blade Runner. Yes! Yes. Oh. Okay, so Blade Runner is coming out. And Brian 1, I was, Todd 0. I was going to say how long we can we can go. Think of Harrison before, Ford remakes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and, uh, Edward James almost always made the little origami things. So oh, yeah. Of course. I bet you anything that's why. Yeah, and so he was always leaving these roses behind. But he didn't. Uh, as, <laughs> 
he just made <laughs> right. Just they made never. <laughs> they were I never he, part of the plot. I think he made one more at the bar, but yeah, he made one. And yeah, one showed up outside of prison or whatever. When <laughs> oh man, that's so funny. Now all I want to do is think of other Harrison Ford movies. <laughs> Sabrina. <laughs> Sabrina. <laughs> Mark, did did we talk about the Internet Cafe actually? Uh, not no. So so they go into the Internet Cafe uh, <laughs> in the middle of the the movie to to track the electricity electricity spikes to find out who's using all the voltage um which i want i wanted to punch them you know yeah voltage is not what you're measuring here uh current is what we're trying to measure draw draw yeah uh or power uh, ultimately but um when they walk up uh so it's it's kathy and um our main Rand. rand rand Land, and so I they guess. walk into a, a cyber cafe in the middle of the night and she gets onto a computer and he walks up behind some creeper guy and we get to see what he is looking at. And I took a screen grab of that. And that is um, the. So what were people in 1997 in a cyber cafe looking up? Yeah. So it's a customized version of netscape you and the the netscape logo has been replaced with the logo from the production company oh wow uh, of the movie wow they put some effort they did easter egg yeah uh (laughs) and the um the web page that they're looking at is www.uncle underscore bow underscore peep dot com slash products dot html can you even have underscores in urls uh no. <laughs> well, I, no, you can't. You, you can I guess that's, they didn't have to worry about. Didn't people. have to worry about that. And you're. That's you're how they exactly, solve the problem. They like found exactly. their way around the five five five. 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 <laughs> <laughs> that's really amazing. And uh, and so it was Uncle Bo Peeps Deluxe and, and it's triple X. Deluxe has three X's in it. Uh, inflatable sheep, <laughs> and and so it's a product purchase page for. Uh, uh, for buying in, your own inflatable, inflatable sheep. sheep. So uh, it's pretty much what you would expect someone to be looking at in an internet cafe in 1998. Yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. Uh, so uh, the one guy who gets killed first uh, of the Suicide Squad, his name was... Uh, Ur- the bald guy? Uh, Uriah. Or, oh. Uh, uh, he was the... the Mario Lopez. <laughs> his name was Malik Malkazian. Um, and he has worked on Holy Avengers, crap. Edge of Tomorrow, Maleficent. He went into um, visual effects. Huh. He was an he's been a, he, he's been an actor in, in some things and he'll show up. He was on Leverage. So I'm wondering if he is still local, uh, local somewhere, but he does he did the visual effects uh, I think previs. So yeah, if he's a conceptual artist, then that would make sense for Avengers, for Maleficent, for Warcraft the beginning. That's so cool. that's pretty interesting because he was the first one to die, to die in this, and he was the one that seemed to have the the longest outstanding career, and he es- he escaped this movie. There was one other thing that I so there's there's as we said several explosions. There's one when they're on the second story of the house and they they fly through the balcony, and there's another one where do they escape the cyber cafe in a hail of gunfire? Or is it the bar? It's either that or the bar. It's the bar. It's the bar. Both times, Catherine runs through the door, you know, and jumps. And both times, Rand throws himself through a plate glass window when there is an open door two feet away. That's exactly what I was going to say. Both times, he 
He just it's goes like, flying through the plate glass window. Yeah, next he to has a door. The option of the door right next to the window. It's like the thing in in uh, Police Squad, Naked Gun, where they've got <laughs> this a door in the middle of the room and they just walk through it and it's no. And oh I, man, I, I laughed so hard on that when I, I feel saw like, it the second time. I feel like one of the times he does that, he kicks it first. <laughs> yeah, I think so. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, I I laughed so hard. That was good. Uh, any any other thoughts? Would you recommend? Because it is uh, it is free on YouTube. Yeah. Uh, to, to to if you're if you're listening to this podcast, absolutely yes, I would recommend this movie. Yeah, I would. Too. I would too. It, it's free and it's 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 a good like little background movie. Like it. It is a it is a very sci fi channel movie, so it was very it's very watchable in that way. And like, and like I said, I was pretty impressed with the with some of the uh, the spaceship shots and and that. There's other terrible terrible special effects in it, but the some of the space battles were pretty good. So I just hope we find another director who can do Portland uh, as much justice as Philip Man, has. Yeah, yeah, he's really he's really shown some Portland love there. I wonder if he's he's probably of of all these bigger movies that we're doing, the only I wonder local local director that's been doing doing some of these movies anyway <laughs> well that was a conversational <laughs> path to nowhere wasn't it <laughs> thanks Todd. <laughs> oh there she you're yes. showing uh she, oh, windgate so with her gigantic bouffant hair and the clown makeup <laughs> i should find i did think about trying to find uh just a different series of screenshots where because like in this scene like I thought she looked really good. <laughs> like I, her makeup is still terrible, but her hair looks nice there. Like it's all in nice curls framing her face. And then sometimes it's like this crazy big blowout. And uh, she, and then at one point I wrote down Wingate is a terrible actress. So <laughs> I hope she's not listening to this because she is not Aww. good at all. Um, I think we have one more thing to do before we sign off. Ooh, and what is that? Uh, we have to pick the next movie that we're gonna suffer through. We do, yes. And this, Todd, you want to reach your hand into uh, the Unipiper's helmet of the Portland official Unipiper's helmet of Portland filmed movies. All right. Well, fortuitously, speaking of Harrison Ford. Uh, we will be doing 2010's Extraordinary Measures. Extraordinary nice. Measures. Extraordinary. Now, what is this? We, we've we talked about this a couple times, and we all keep getting it confused with something else, don't we? I don't know anything about this. So, yeah, I uh, other than Harrison Ford uh, apparently is in, in Portland for, for some reason, so... But it'll be it'll be nice to uh, see the other side of the coin with with the big budget Hollywood that doesn't have that love of Portland or the knowing knowing some interesting shots to see how it looks on that one. So do join us in another. We try to do one of these Portland other movies every month. Uh, uh, when we're not doing that, Mark and I are doing the Mark and Todd cast, which you can also hear. Um, but you can hear. Portland at the movies on the Fun Employment Radio Network. Uh, this last week, they just had um, a bunch of people uh, on as guests, and you can go to funemploymentradio.com to look at them. They, we just had Bridgetown um, uh, comedy. the Comedy Festival, so they had a ton of people. They had uh, Brad Williams. They had the Portland Beardsman came on. Uh, Baron Vaughn, Caitlin Warehouser, uh, Billy Wayne Davis, and uh, Mike Kaplan were all on. So you can go to their site. You can get uh, like 1,500 past episodes for free if you've got a little extra time. Um, so check them out. Uh, Brian, the Unipiper, where can people find what you do and how to follow you? 
uh, they can check me out at unipiper.com. Uh, I would greatly appreciate it if people uh, would also vote for the Unipiper as uh, the best local celebrity for yes. 2017. Uh, you can do that uh, at the Willamette Weeks uh, website. And you, while you're there, also vote for uh, Fun Employment Radio. For Best Portland Podcast. Best Portland Podcast. Yeah, if you go to wweek.com and follow the uh, Best of Portland links, there's a ton of categories for everything. So you can, after you do those two things first, if you feel like clicking around, you can still do that. But definitely throw a vote t- uh, towards Brian and towards Fun Employment. Yes. Awesome. Like I said, uh, Mark and I do the Mark and Toddcast every week, which is a science and humor podcast. You can go to markandtoddcast.com, facebook.com slash markandtoddcast, all of that to find out more. <sighs> Anything else? Boy, Philip Roth really provided a lot of entertainment. He did. Between, between Fatal Revenge and Total Reality. And he, like I said, if you look him up on on uh, Internet Movie Database, he has done a ton of stuff. So if Anna, you want to... I think I'm going to have to check out Anaconda versus Lake Placid. Anaconda. And I like how it's not Anaconda versus <laughs> Giant Gator. Yeah, it's, it's like Anaconda versus Place. It's like movie versus movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Anaconda versus Lake Placid. All right. Uh, <laughs> thank you for listening. Uh, yeah. No, you're just, you're just, just laughing, laughing at laughing, the hilarity. Like uh, yeah, thank you for listening. If you want to get hold of us, drop us a line. Uh, we would love to hear from you. We will see you guys next time. Everywhere you go, things blow up. Thank you, Philip Roth. <laughs> see you next time. <laughs>